Uh, this is Justin with the Fight of Faith, and uh, today I have my pastor, Travis. Uh, welcome, man. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's I, good to be here. I appreciate you, man, uh, letting me have you for a little bit. Um, this is a, a new setup that I want to do regularly from now on. Um, trying to step my game up, man. You know, <laughs> um, th We're at Encounter LV, our church, um, and I just want to just uh, get to know you more, man. I want uh, people that never probably never met you and never heard your music or uh, be acquainted with you because I think you have an awesome story. Cool. So, um, so you're not even from Vegas, right? No, no. Where are you from? No, I'm originally uh, from New York, uh, suburbs of New York, uh, kind of, you know, close enough where you enjoy the culture and the city and nice. and uh, can go whenever you want, but at the same time, uh, not have to live right in the middle of it all. I've been to the Bronx once and I got lost there. Yeah. <laughs> with my grandma. Well, hopefully it was in a, a, a nice Italian neighborhood. I don't know. <laughs> but she, she wanted to go to the market, and uh, she's like, Justin, let's go here. They have, like, she was hungry or something, and she mm -hmm. wanted to get fruits. And I was like, Grandma, I don't know where we're at. We should. I was, like, 12. <laughs> it was just me and Grandma Shirley. Like, yeah, that was an adventure. Adventures sure. with Grandma. <laughs> no, that, nowhere like, better but the Bronx. I feel like that should be its own podcast. I want her on. <laughs> I, I, dude, she has so many stories. If you guys are listening, you know Grandma Shirley, you already know. You got I think you met her. She came to um no, she came to the tea party thing for the okay. ladies. Gotcha. She met Pastor Zach, but she loved it. Um Zach loves tea parties. Yeah. Just it's want for the record. Masculine thing to do. Um but yeah, so suburbs and uh, in New York and uh did you start music there? Um yeah, so like right out of high school, um, I just, you know, I was a hip-hop head, and but I enjoyed all kinds of music, but, you know, hip-hop was like just big for me, and, uh, you know, I got into the mixtape game. I don't nice. know if you guys even know what mixtapes are anymore. Explain uh, to the and, kids and what And I'm that not means. even talking about actual cassette tapes. They were CDs at this point, but, right. you know, the, the this is where, you know, hip-hop battles and all that stuff nice. uh, was settled on the mixtape scene. And wow. I was, you know, part of that, I, I, I um, distributed a lot of music and made my own music. And then I left that, um, you know, once my family started, I put that aside. Nice. And picked it up later on. Um you know, once I found Jesus, or He found me, right? Um, and wow. uh, yeah, and, and you, you like, but you're a very talented guy, man. Like, like it's not just music is your thing. Like, I think you're overall creative. You're an artist. Like, you got yeah. like photography stuff hanging up in your in your house. Like, have yeah. you always been like trying to find the avenue of creativity? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's like a. a um, a master of none, jack of all, master of none, right? <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those creative things where I've never actually mastered uh, any one thing. I mean, people cool. could say that, oh, you know, you're a pretty good beat maker or you're pretty good this or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, it feels like um, all of these creative endeavors have been leading up to something, and <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. That's what makes you who you are, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah you have a, uh, experience in a lot of things, you know? And uh, But, like, you're here, though, in Vegas. Like, wh wh what was that transition? Like, like what brought you out here? Um, I was just looking for opportunity. Um, and, and people ask, oh, why would you leave New York if you come to Vegas for opportunity? Um, I don't know. It just felt like where, where I was at. Yeah. <laughs> um, it felt like everything was so saturated in New York with 
different fields. And, you know, I was in graphic design and printing and marketing and nightclub scene and Vegas just seemed to make sense. Um, And I came out here and worked my way up uh, to um, a successful nightlife business. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, you know, printed photos for tourists and nightclubs and promoted a lot of different parties. And that was kind of the scene. I lived in that scene for about two and a half years, partying day in and day out. For work. (laughs) For work, yeah. Sounds tiring, man. It was exhausting. (laughs) Wow. Um, And But now you're here, like, that's, like, but now you're a pastor. Did you ever, like, had, like, like, first of all, you got saved here, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You Saved in Vegas. um, What was that experience like for you? Because, um... You know, like some people have like a moment or a defining moment or slowly over time they start to realize they needed God or like was there a defining moment or was it like over time when you moved here, you realize you have to get your life right or whatever that may mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I always kind of believed in God, like that God existed or like, the, right. you know, none of this stuff could have happened. But I kind of went back and forth between like agnostic and atheist or trying to be overly analytical and all these things. And right. uh, really, my life was in pieces. I mean, my, my my marriage was destroyed because I was, you know, unfaithful and partying all the time and kind of living this crazy Vegas lifestyle right. uh, that kind of eats up so many people. And, um, you know, even my wife, she got caught up in it. And we both did. And, you know, it really took a toll on us. And, uh, with two kids, we had we had two boys at the time. Right. This was uh, the summer of 2009. We signed divorce papers, and she how, went. How old were the kids? Um, uh, Trent was five, and Kane had just been born. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And you said sorry. She did what? So she went back to New York. Okay. Uh, she stayed in Brooklyn with some family. She went back upstate. So she she was bouncing around, and that didn't work out because you know I wasn't sending any money, and family mm-hmm. wasn't trying to like you know clean up my mess. <laughs> um, so she ended up coming back, not with the intention of us getting back together, but just coming back to Vegas, it was cheaper to live here. Um, I would support her, that kind of thing. Nice, and okay. uh, it turns out that so two weeks after we signed divorce papers, actually just down the street from where we're at right now, mm-hmm. um, I had them in a manila envelope, the papers, and uh, they were signed by different notaries, stamped, right? All these right. different things. And uh, I, I pulled the papers out of the, the manila envelope, a stack of about 30, 40 papers, and every signature, every pen mark, right, had burned away. Um, it was like it was left in the sun, but like, I mean, I've seen a pe- piece of paper directly left in the sun and the ink burns away. This was inside an envelope, every piece of paper in the entire stack. Whoa. Okay. That's you know, the, the Xerox was still there. The stamp was still there, mm-hmm. but the pen ink, every signature was gone. Whoa. Um, you tried so, to get divorced, and then Jesus wrote, psych. Yeah, psych. <laughs> wow, that um, ain't happening. And, and you know, amazing. And, and I can't explain it, you know. it. Wow. It was um, definitely, I think, a divine intervention. And, you know, I wonder if maybe someone was praying for us or maybe someone in the area just regionally was praying, God, erase divorce papers. And you never know, man. Yeah, that that is really heavy for that. to. Did you freak out? I would. I'd be like, who's messing with me? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was one of those moments where it's like, this is weird. And, you know. 
and no, I, no way to... that she would have believed you. Like, like, did you? Sh- you well, have I to showed show her, her. I showed her the papers to her. I, I, you know, I wish that I still have them. I have no idea. We moved a bunch of times. I have no idea what happened to them. Wow, um, that's crazy. But uh, we couldn't get divorced. Uh, we ended up getting into some darker stuff over the next couple of months, uh, into some really bad relationships, and. Uh, you know, she really hit rock bottom around October, okay. and she was, uh, you know, having suicidal thoughts, and she ended up going to church, uh, big mega church just down the street, and she gave her life to God, and then kind of demanded that if I wanted to see the kids, I had to come to church. <laughs> Amen. Do whatever it takes to see the kids. I was, you know, put under pressure. Huh. Um, so I came, wow. and uh, it was over the course of about a month. Um, I didn't really take it seriously. It was kind of, you know, it's a seeker-friendly church. It's a little watered down. Yeah, yeah. And um, But this one guy who was a guest speaker brought a message. It was December 13th, a Saturday evening. And I was sitting there listening to this message about the prodigal son. And um, man, I got... I, I still don't know how to explain what happened to me. Because, you know, there, people have different salvation experiences where right. yeah. some people it's like, oh, I, you know, I, I know God is real. And they have these, you know, little encounters or they get into a community and somehow, OK, I'm a believer. And then, you know, things start start right. happening. For me, it was like this instantaneous grace explosion that happened inside my heart where I was this way one moment and this way the next that's amazing. Um, it was uh, it was definitely supernatural. I felt like I was baptized in love completely, and everything that was demonic, everything that was, um, you know, at war inside me was was gone. Wow. Um, the desire to party, um, to just be in the scene for other women, the desire for excess amounts of money. Yeah. Um, it was all gone. Wow. That's amazing because my, my my experience with God was kind of not the opposite directly, but like it was an over time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because um, when when I visited a church for the first time, well, I went and uh, every Sunday they had like a potluck going on. So, of course, I was there, bro. It was, <laughs> they, they got like all the Hawaiian fixings. Food is the way to the heart. Oh, man. It won me over. And and uh, it was my sister who actually got me going, uh, me and my grandma. And so I told my sister, I was like, man, of course I'm going to church. I love that church. I am go there for the food. Yeah. And she got mad at me. So she's like, you don't go to church for just for the food. <laughs> and, and she didn't offer to give me a ride for like two weeks. Uh-huh. And, and so I was like, hey, man. <laughs> I asked my sister, what happened? Like, I thought we were going to church. And uh, she's like, no, you're not going unless it's for the right reason. I said, okay, no, it's not just for the food. I'll go, I'll go. I was just probably, I don't know, man, probably 13 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, But when I, when, uh, I went, um, I had been playing guitar for a little while. And uh, my, my, my friend of mine, uh, he, he had a big mouth. And he told the worship leader that I played guitar and they needed help. So um, they they said, oh, well, it was a Hawaiian church. Like, hey, bro, you play guitar. You play guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, who told you? And then that Tuesday night, I, I started going to practice. And they said, man, you got to start like Wednesday, like this tomorrow. Let's do it. And uh, so I, then I never missed a service, a Sunday morning service from then on out. Wow. And uh, but but that Sunday um, or the one after it was very soon. That was the first time I ever heard, I heard anything audible. 
from God. And I was just worshiping. I was like, to me, it was just music because I was still learning. Like, this is nice church music, man. It's like relaxing, whatever. But then I got hit with the presence of God. And then I actually heard, like, the Lord tell me, I love you. Mm. And, uh, my, and, and it was so overwhelming that, like, it, it brought a change in me, but not honestly, not a complete change. But it was just amazing the fact, like, why would God love me after all I've done? Like, and what does he want with me? And that started a whole journey, man. But that mm. was one of the few times I ever audibly, I don't hear all the time, but yeah, um, that was crazy, that experience for me. Um, but but in, my, in my, my experience with you, I see you... Um, when I first started coming here, I was like, "Man, everybody's prophetic over here. Like, is that allowed?" Yeah. Right? And uh, and I have, I still have a lot of things to learn. But like, um, I, I when walking with you and fellowship with fellowshipping with you, it seems like you move in the spirit a lot. And you, when you pray for people, things happen. And um, can you describe to the people that are watching and listening, like, what is okay? One, why, why? Would God want us to go pray for people or um, and, and, and probably some miracles that you've witnessed personally mm. that would encourage someone? Because sure, that's not actually that's not actually common nowadays. You know, it's more of a personal gospel nowadays, unfortunately. And uh, a lot of people try to fix themselves and they keep it to themselves. Sure. And, and, I'm, and I've been guilty of that. But ever since I came here, man, like there's a lot of outreach going on, discipleship, but like. What's the, like, why? Why, um, you know? Um, well, I mean, for me, getting saved, I didn't grow up in church. I had been in church maybe once or twice as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, with friends or, uh, you know, if, if anything was more traditional kind of religious yeah, type Christmas churches. Christmas or like... Not even that. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it was like <laughs> we were... You know, we we went to the, the church of the bank, right? That, that was our family. Anyways... Um, so when I started reading the Bible, like I saw all these miracles and Jesus was opening the eyes of the blind and yeah. then his, his disciples were doing it. Uh, and apostle Paul is, is raising people from the dead and like all these Man. things. And like, so like without knowing anything historically of what has happened throughout church history, as far as if, um, if you guys don't know what, um, cessationism, it means the ceasing of the gifts, um, and there's a large portion of the church that believes that. Right. But if you if you drop the Bible in my hands without me knowing anything about church history, I would say that a believer should be able to lay hands on the sick and see them made well. That um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is real. That these things yeah. are actually real. So, you know, I was so hungry and I would just dig into the Word um, and then start asking questions. Yeah. And, you know, the church that I got saved into amazing niche church. They reach people that are so, that are far from God that most people can't reach. Wow. However, couldn't answer some of like the questions that I had or mm-hmm. some of the zeal that I had for the things of the spirit. Wow. Um, so I had to go searching for that. And, wow. you know, I think when you get a hunger for these type of things, you end up, you find it. Wow. You know, yeah. and God will place people in your life at different seasons that you really need to glean from. Um, so, I went through um, a long season of just kind of searching these things out, asking a lot of questions, uh, going to different conferences, um, and and I didn't want the fake. I wanted the authentic, real yeah. power of God, the real 
spiritual uh, experience, the real encounter, right? I wanted that. And uh, I'd say through a series of events between 2010 and 2012, I really started to experience and understand the things of the Spirit. Um, And I would say I saw the biggest breakthrough, like I would pray for healing and see nothing happen. Okay. For years. Right. For quite a while, actually. But between 2011, 2012, it was like, like, God, I want to see healings. I want to see this. And I'd pray and pray and pray. And and I just wouldn't see anything. I went to Bethel for a school of healing, 2013. And they're in North Carolina, uh, North California? Northern, yeah, they're in Redding, Redding, California, California. which is Shasta County. Gotcha. Okay. Um, So I went up there, you know. I heard good things. I was exposed to their teaching and and was really eating up a lot of that stuff. And and, uh, I went up there and immediately as I came back from that conference, all of a sudden healing started happening. It was like there was this impartation that happened in my trip up there and through what I learned. Um, And, and you know, we talk about impartation. What does that actually mean sometimes? Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it's impartation like the spirit of, has already been given to us authority has already been given to us mm-hmm. but the faith the activation of what has already been given to us for that to be sparked yeah. sometimes takes an impartation someone to release that to ignite the flame in us right. you know what i mean and, and i think when you talk about like why do we pray for people mm-hmm. why is it so important well because <laughs> god made us to be relational and and in community right right so he's like, yeah, I could sovereignly just spark you in different moments, mm-hmm. but I choose to use my children to ignite, to impart, to release my kingdom so that community will continue and flourish and grow and expand. Man. So without that, like we would we'd be soloists, you know? And, and and I never heard it put that way, soloists, but that's basically what majority of people are raised with and taught. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's more of a, like, here I am, I have problems, Jesus fixed me, I'm happy now. And that's it, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, but, like, when it comes to, like, because when it comes to community, usually we've, like, like and I'm and I'm just coming from my past experience. I'll speak for myself, but I feel like a lot of listeners can relate to this. Is that usually we find community outside of the church? Mm-hmm. Like like we would be um, kicking it with our friends that maybe not necessarily saved all the time, which is cool every now and then. I'm not downing that, but like the concept of the body of Christ, like edifying one another, yeah, and and accountability and what we practice is like is new to me, unfortunately, and uh, and so. It's it's amazing to hear put like that. Like and well, how many churches are about the service? Exactly, my point. It's like, yeah. oh, like yeah, we oh, I see you weekly, but it's like in a service. It's it's a Sunday morning faith, honestly. Right. You so know? it's like where's the community in that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Sunday. I love corporate worship and I love the experience and the encounters that we have during that. But I can't get to know you on a Sunday. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I mean, like, and that's what we're made for—is to get to know each other, to be known, and and know others. Like, you know, and I and I re- and I'm thinking that, um, especially how nowadays how everything is, 
I think we tend to distract ourselves with other things and mm-hmm. that take up our time. Like I was just thinking the other day, dude, Netflix, dude, if you got time on your hands, they can kill it. Like like oh, if, yeah. if you find one show and and like and you like that show, you got five seasons to watch. Binge it. Dude, like <laughs> and, and like and that and that's cool, I guess, if you need time to kill, but like like I think that's promoting isolation a little bit. But like to a point where a false community where like, hey, I've isolated myself to watch seven seasons of this because there's a community of people who have also done this. So I want to be in on that show and be on the in. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But like why is it hip to isolate yourself? You know? Mm. Like and 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 that's why like it's so mind blowing to practice what we are doing and like and like I said, miracles, man. Like yeah. I'm I've never been prophetic in my life. I've been pathetic a lot. <laughs> but like but being prophetic, like like just last night, man, it was mind blowing. Like like I basically was reading this person's mail, dude. Mm-hmm. And and never before and i'm like this is weird god but like but it edified her it blessed her you know like and that's what it's all about it's the activation too you come into an atmosphere where you know we have authority over that room as leaders Mm -hmm. and we say okay god um we're opening this up for the prophetic for everybody in this room and we're releasing and activating them right now speak to them right and then right. we put you in a group and you start listening for people and, uh-huh. and getting these words and it's like whoa like that's that's powerful man that like to really be in that because like growing up you think that it's for the elite or it's just for the leader right and uh and when you step into it yourself <clears throat> excuse me and you actually pray over someone and, and they needed to hear that and God is using you in that capacity. Now I'm starting to realize what you're talking about, that hunger to see the supernatural. Yeah. And um but like why is it that for the like the I, I can only speak for the majority of the church like that you that I used to be a part of. Like the the mindset that the American uh, evangelical whatever. Like, okay. Like like the the majority um, we're not really interested in doing stuff like that. I, yeah, I don't why? know. And I don't even know why. if that's a majority. I, I guess it, it is because we don't hear about it as much in the yeah, body. Yeah, I mean, like not – I mean, and, and, and even to a point where um, – is go back to that soloist thing is like like if people – like half the church just like like to go to church because it feels good and helps them better themselves – and it gives them something to do mm-hmm. to make them feel good with God on Sunday mornings, and that's it. That's okay. that's a common view. But when it comes to act- activation like that, it's... I think here's the biggest thing. The majority of the Christian church, I should say the Western American church, mm-hmm. if you asked you know, 10 believers, are you a sinner, right? Yeah, I bet say. you eight or nine of them would say yes. That's it, dude. Sinner. That's, that's if the they if you identify as a sinner, how can you ever do what your savior savior does? That's it, man. Because I no longer have my identity but his, so I can't view myself that way, and I don't want anybody in my congregation to view themselves that right. way. That was it, dude. You hit it on the head because also it brings like about of a a vulnerability, like uh, like if I pursue God in this way, mm-hmm. like. 
some light's going to shine on me. And sure. there's some darkness that I'm scared to reveal or uh, expose or whatever, you know? Or even attention. Like, think about, right. like, oh, you're prophetic, and now people want to come to you for prayer. And, oh, you, someone got healed. You laid hands on someone, and you got, now people come to you when they have pain. And then you're scared, like, I don't know if it's going to happen again. Like, you know, maybe that, that could be it. And then there's also that false humility where it's like, no, it's not me. I'm just the, you know, sinner saved by grace. And Help me and, with that, dude. Help <laughs> me with that. Yeah, like, I, I've Jesus juked. Uh, quite a few times. You remember when I first met you, and I, and uh, I was like, I was trying to give you like a like a roundabout compliment. I was like, man, you write some good worship songs, but like, not not from you though. All glory to God, right? But, yeah, but I remember that. <laughs> and, like you have nothing to do with it, but I love your songs. Right. And I was like, no, oh, I put a lot of time into those. <laughs> I was like, no, man, you're worthless. But those songs. <laughs> Those songs, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those songs are great. Yeah. No, but uh, but you, you've taught me a whole lot. <laughs> you you taught me a lot, like uh, to really like uh, receive that compliment, you know. And and I've, I've done that my whole life. I sp- like honestly speaking, like being a worship leader at like fourteen, fifteen, I would get a lot of compliments, you know, honestly, mm-hmm. and, and and say like um, you know, like man, you're so young, like you can sing, and like like me. Growing up in that, like I hated that because I always thought the dude that was full of himself in the band was a such a jerk. I hated those dudes. <laughs> I did not want to look anything like that guy. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be seen like like that guy. So I I definitely overcompensated for that. Yeah, I d- did not want to even be close to that dude. Is, is it possible that confidence appears like cockiness? For sure. When we have false a view of like basically a false identity of the way that we should be as believers. Meaning like, if I don't know who I am and I have like an orphan way of thinking, right? right? Yeah. I can look at someone who's walking in confidence and be like, oh, that dude's self-righteous. Now, yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of people are scared of that. It's, you know, well, one, I don't want to appear self-righteous. Mm-hmm. And if I'm confident in who I am in Christ then how is this being you know perceived by other people yeah like how would you how would you like identify it for me because like like when i when i feel that way sometimes like like i guess because when i when i was i had a few moments when someone was like man don't sing like like we're not, no one's singing don't sing right now you're being a show off <laughs> then then i'll be like okay i don't want to be a show off they called me out so it's like you know, like maybe those moments are like in the back of my head or something. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't know. Like, um, I still. What's funny is that uh, Doctor Tony Robinson, like an amazing woman of God, she prophesied over me. And uh, you know what's fu- <laughs> what? You know what's funny is that um, I wasn't even like looking for it. It was like after service, oh, okay. like after Wednesday night, and I was just walking past her. <laughs> yeah, and she just said. Put her arm out on my chest. I was like, "Oh, what?" You know, and she and she had a word right there. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, "I better listen." And um, and it really blessed me, man. And one of the things that really stuck out to me, she's like, "There's more to you than what you allow us to see." Mm-hmm. And um, and it was dead on, you know, like and and she's like, 
I'm not, I don't want to mess it up because that's, that's only pretty much the, the word that I know verbatim. And um, so maybe there's that thing that you hold yourself back for some reason because of yeah. may, maybe I need to uh, get over that. You know, maybe I'm still going through uh, a healing process from where I came from. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about and you got to think like i'm still i'm almost two years at encounter Mm -hmm. and um i feel like i'm just now almost two years in really revealing to the community that i'm in who i really am wow and what i'm i'm talking about even to zach like and chris i mean chris a little bit more he's a little bit easier to just be around and just whatever you just Mm -hmm. you and um, but like releasing like who I am, even from the from uh, from the pulpit, and when I, they give me the microphone and like releasing who I am unapologetically. Yeah, why do we do that? Why do we feel like yeah. we have to put a cap on it? Um, I I think it's that thing where you don't want to overshine, right? Yeah. But it's a complete illusion and lie that like oh, if you overshine, people will think that. You yeah, think he's you're trying to take you over think, this guy, or that, yeah. or like you think you're all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, no, like I'm part of this family. Yeah, I'm part of this house, and this is who I am, and I'm not going to apologize for it anymore. I'm comfortable. You know me. You know my heart, man. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but that takes. I think that takes a little time. But imagine if, to, like, man, there, there's to step into. There's so many people here. That are gifted is insane. Yeah. Like even with Jordan, shout out to my brother Jordan. I'll tag you in the video. Like, like he 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 did. Uh, he had a word, man, and he said there's a, like a whole generation of creatives in this church. Yeah, and uh, like and when he said that, I saw like in the spirit like artists, you know, mm-hmm. like painters, uh, you know, architects, whatever. Like, yeah. And what if everybody took the cap off, man? Yeah. How crazy would that be? Like, like even like, thank God for Chris Ritchie, our worship leader, like our worship pastor, that he allows that to move when he feels led to it. And, and we had words being brought forth and like an amazing service. I'm like, man. And I turned over to my friend that I invited. I was like, I'm sorry that I'm hooting and hollering right now. But like, this is crazy like like Sinclair had a spoken word right. like yeah, like yeah. Jordan came like and it was so creative like like what if everybody tapped into their genius sure. and took the cap off man that's that's incredible i think it's happening i think when we exercise that we give other people permission right right and and it's like oh like oh that's acceptable here oh you can uh you can express yourself how you want to here in worship. Uh, if you're getting a word and obviously it's moving in the house. Here, the, the thing that we're huge on is honoring what's happening. What honoring? Are you honoring Holy Spirit in what's happening in the room? Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if it wasn't time for a prophetic word and I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I got a prophetic word. Hey man, I Even gotta, if it was on point. It's turn like, off the music. I got a dope beat. Can you play that? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It's like... Are we in tune? Is there order in like what the Holy Spirit is doing in each of us? Are we actually being others aware? And right. it goes back to that self thing. Like um, we're so self-consumed with either our lack hmm. or the overabundance of thoughts that are happening, right? Yeah. Uh, that you know we can't actually be aware of everything else that's happening around us. Yeah, it's wow. 
it's something that we learn. I think just being in community. Yeah, to read a room and to to mm-hmm. to feel that. Yeah, like um, I I feel like uh, that to be like you said to be in a community and to be able to to be sensitive to that. I think that also takes time. You know, like not only having your own gift, but like being able to. That, that's that's where I'm trying to figure out too. It's um, like. I'm just wait. I just wait people for to ask me. I say, yeah, I'll do it, dude. Yep, I do it. Because you don't want to go around like, hey, man, you want me to do worship? Like, hey, man, you need me to do this. You need me to do that. Right. No, I yeah. think there's 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 wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. We're not always looking for the platform, but when it's given to you, unapologetically release who you are. Right. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, and for everyone that's listening, like, would you um. Because what if what if we're there's someone watching this video right now? Hopefully you guys are being encouraged and uh, like just just know that there's so much more to who you are and what you have to offer the world and the body. Like like what would you say to the person that's watching this and feel like they may be a believer or not a believer, but they feel like they have nothing to offer mm-hmm. and like maybe they feel like we're talking about creatives and like letting God move in our lives. But what if they're watching this and they feel like they can't do any of that? Sure. You know, like what do you say to that person? Um, I would say that God created you in his image and when we realize that God is three in one, that he is three distinct persons in one being. The essence of God is love, and you cannot have love without community, mm-hmm. and you were created for community. I think that every person listening can uh, agree that whether whether you're in community or you're in isolation, you agree that your heart desires community and deeper and deeper community at that. and. The scary thing is that people will know you. You'll mm-hmm. be known. And you're going to have to get to a place where you allow yourself to be known more and more. Right. And you can't hide who you are in community. And that's why a lot of times we just go to isolation because it's easier because I, I don't have to express myself in these ways that are so private and dear to me. You know? Right. Um, Wow. So I would just say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are surrounding you right now. They never leave you, and they want relationship with you in a whole new way. Uh, You may have been walking with the Lord for a long time, and there's just a a fresh revelation, I feel like, coming through to you right now. Yeah. That the Trinity surrounds you. That it, it, if you picture a table and you have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit at the table, and and they're welcoming you, come and sit with us, come and talk with us, come and be with us, and that's what you were created for. And I think when you realize that, it's easy to be creative because that's who He is. Mm-hmm. And we're, if we're made in His image and He's a Creator, then we realize that we're also meant to be that in our own uh, domain. Wow. In, our, in the own space that we've been given, you know. Yeah, and in that in that genius that that you have, I, like in a, in a way that we all have like a a niche that we all have, like like mm-hmm. a, like a specific area that like that comes easy to us, you know. And um, maybe maybe you're watching this and you're trying to figure out what that is, you know. Like like is don't you think that um, it's not like a 
I don't know how to word it. It, it might be an, an essential part of a faith to know what you can, everything that you have to offer. You know, like, because what this is, is not just for them. It's like for the thousands of people that you're going to affect also, you know, like, mm -hmm. but like, what if someone is uh, maybe not walking with Jesus or maybe just starting with Jesus or whatever, but they feel like they have nothing to offer and they want to be in a community or whatever, like, yeah. um, that, that could be a dark place to be because I think we're fortunate yeah. that we've, we, we've known, um, from an early time, we know that what we can do, but I run into people sometimes that they don't know what they have yeah. to offer. How do you cultivate that? How do you find that? Like, like, cause like if a guy, like he, he loves video games and he goes to school, he's like, I don't know what I have to do to offer. I don't know what I have to offer. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that guy. I ask people, a big question I ask is, Hey, um, when was the last time you felt alive? Nice. And pinpointing like, oh, okay, there's a moment where you felt alive you were doing this. Um, how long ago was that? <laughs> right? <laughs> and, um, okay, let's try that again. Let's do something like that again. Do you feel alive doing this? And is there passion coming out? And I think that's one of my personal callings is to bring people to a place where they have this self-realization of this makes me feel alive. Yeah. And do that. And that's what you're meant to do. Like, if you're passionate about it, if it pulls on your heart, if um, you have this creative tension that is happening while you're engaging in this way, mm -hmm. um, do that, you know, and, and really pushing people. And, and sometimes they just need to be asked questions. I think Jesus is such a master question asker that he... <laughs> you got you got some good questions, too. You do after me, too. No, but th yep. that's the thing is, like, I, I want to... I want to be a master communicator the way that he is, mm. and I want to learn from him, and I, I want to become better at asking questions to the point where you, your questions are so pinpoint that they pierce someone's heart and pull them into their destiny. You know what I mean? I think that's nice. what, I think that's what he did. That's what he ha That's what happened to the woman at the well. Yeah, you know. So, wow. I would just say, what makes you feel alive? When was the last time you did that? Wow, do that again and try something new, you know, um, step out, whatever that looks like. And, and honestly, if you're in a community right now where you're not sitting face to face with people, um, find a new one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm sorry to, however, you know, however you receive that, uh, it's real. You need to sit face to face with people. Amen, dude. You know, uh, I want to thank you for coming on and being such an encouragement sharing your story a little bit sharing your heart mm -hmm. and uh, you know I just want to remind every single one of you guys um, please uh, visit uh, you know tag, tag some stuff man plug some stuff uh, there's okay. gonna be like millions of people watching this thing okay yeah <laughs> yeah well, so if you want to just and stuff and check out some music uh, docjonesmusic.com mm -hmm. we have our monthly open mic Mm -hmm. uh, which is awesome, saintcitylv.com. Uh, you can you know check me out on YouTube, Saint City, Doc Jones, nice. Travis Gluckler. If you you know put my name into YouTube, you can uh, see my uh, my testimony. Yeah, and um, and share that. It's an amazing way to share the gospel and what Jesus uh, can do in someone's life. Cool. So um, yeah. 
cool. And, and we'll put that link of his testimony um, attached to the YouTube video so you guys can share it. And, uh, you know, we're filming this live at uh, Encounter Church LV. Come Henderson. visit. So come visit. If you guys want to uh, learn what we're talking about, like per, in, um, getting involved with community and uh, learning about God and uh, moving in the spirit and like learning and growing. It's a beautiful place to do it, man. Yeah. So uh, God bless every single one of you guys. Thank you for watching. And please like and share this video. I would really appreciate it. Go ahead, follow uh, Travis, Pastor Travis. We would really appreciate you guys. Love every single one of you guys. Remember to keep fighting the good fight of faith. Take care. Thanks, man. Cool. That's it.